Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. to another episode of Agents of Mace. Today, we get to talk about episode two. Oh my goodness. This Loki show is blowing my mind constantly. There are twists, there are turns, there are things that you think and then immediately unthink. And there's so much paperwork in the show that I just, I feel like I need an entire day to go frame by frame and read all the papers that we see, especially in this episode. Uh, so today with me, as always, I have Luke and Elisa. Uh, so let's just jump into the episode. What uh, would you guys think? First first impressions. Elisa, you uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. Uh, I thought this one was uh, was really, really good. It left me with a lot of questions, like I'm sure that it did both of you. But it's also gotten me really, really excited thinking about all the different directions that this uh, series could possibly take Loki in. So, yeah, a really fun episode. I agree. Like, I need a weekend to like go back on both of these episodes just to, like you said, go frame by frame because what we've learned is they love throwing little nods and Easter eggs as much as they can, and I just feel like with Loki, it's going to be over. It's just gonna be too much. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe I'm. Maybe we're overthinking this. And but this one, I like this one. This one was paced so well. This is one of those episodes where it's like, ah, oh, I need more. Why? Why is this not like a two-hour episode? Because <laughs> like, um, the last act, the last part of it, is just so much fun. Yeah. Well, I think my my problem with this with the Loki show compared to Falcon Winter Soldier is Falcon Winter Soldier. The Easter eggs really stood out. They were a lot more in your face. Um, and then I even went too far and <laughs> dove into things like the tattoo and French and that was nothing. But in this show, it's like, 
they just constantly flashing paperwork and posters and words and people and stuff in cases on the wall. And it's like, I, I mean, I feel like they're trying to hide the references and like from the first mm-hmm. episode and this episode, I always go back through and try to like, look up like, Oh, were there any references I missed? And usually it's not that many, not that I don't miss that many. It's just like not that many are found. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's just because like it's day of the episodes. People haven't had a chance to like fine tooth comb, but right. It does seem like they are doing a better job of hiding the few references throughout the episode rather than trying to shove a thousand references down your throat every episode. I think we get a lot in like the little animations too. Like I was really focusing on those at the beginning when Loki's sitting at the desk and kind of doing his homework or whatever, his tasks, (laughs) given tasks. And I was like, I need to go back to this because there's probably a handful (laughs) of clues out all over. Oh my God. Miss minutes being like a, sentient recording hologram but she was dodging his hits as if he could hit her so the whole time i was like what is what is miss minutes like is she a being yeah that was that was different yeah um that was a fun little moment but yeah then hops right back into the computer i was like yeah for looking like this is like cutting edge late 70s technology it's really really like super advanced ai and holograms and stuff like that it just it just looks retro (laughs) you know what it reminds me of though now i'm thinking of it is um john wick Mm -hmm. have either of you watched those films so you think of like the organization it feels feels very like you know, yeah. 70s, like very so dated cozy. tech, but it just, it works, you know. There's, it is weird yeah. because uh, their um, entire, like, shtick, it seems, mm-hmm. is that they are in the past, but in the future. And uh, I know we kind of, uh, I put it in the um, fact check for last week, but they are located in the nowhere zone now i don't have my notes from last week um but it's essentially like a place out of time right uh so it is weird that we you know they have like all the levers and everyone's dressed like they're in the you know late 50s and looking at Mm -hmm. weird bubble tv screens that are also kind of thick so you're like why is why do they have like a tube tv in the future Mm mm-hmm but, but I don't know. It it seems all cohesive. It's not like they go to a different place and all of a sudden it's different tech. It's like no matter where they are in the TVA, everything is the is the same. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's how he perceives it. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So you say, I'll look this up too. Nowhere zone. I wonder if that has any relation to nowhere. I'll have to. I I feel like it's not the nowhere zone. Let me look it up really quick. But it, it is something like that. Um, I had gotten the impression in the first episode that it just existed outside of time somehow. And so mm-hmm. the reason why we see this mixture of aesthetics from different decades uh, alongside, you know, super technology is because it's it's literally not beholden to any single period in time. 
it's just its own thing. <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, the null time zone. That's what it's called. Uh, and there is, it, there's nothing there, other than the TVA. Um, but and if you look it up, it says time works differently there. So it kind of just seems like yeah, it's it's not before time, it's not after time, it's shoved somewhere in time. Mm-hmm. And seemingly you don't age. Like we still haven't really figured out what the people that work for the TVA are. Like, are they variants that then help out and then get placed as like a full-time employee or we've already had the moments where they're like, Oh, I've, you know, my whole life behind a desk. So it's like, are they just, did they just appear and like they all work there forever and they don't age. There's a lot of weird time related questions that are, that yeah. are popping up with this. Not that they like super matter, but they are like, Oh, well, how's this world work? <laughs> I feel like with just six episodes, we may not really get a backstory mm-hmm. on this. I think I think if, if anything at the end this is just gonna everyone's gonna be stuck <laughs> with questions, um, unless you know, it, it seems like they're they're setting this up for Loki to meet, um, with a three. Oh, the, the timekeepers. Time timekeepers. Yeah. The timekeepers. Yeah, sorry. Um, Brain's a little fried by the time we're recording. Uh, yeah, so if we're setting that up, which I that's kind of what we figured it from the first episode, I was curious to see what we'll get from that episode. What are we really mm-hmm. going to get from them? It's going to be an explanation, but is it really just going to be on the timeline itself, or is it going to mm-hmm. be for everything? Because um, I, I feel like I'm invested in them now, so I want as much time with those beings, whatever they are, <laughs> the lizards. <laughs> Um, which we get that reference again, um, to get as much context yeah. as possible. Well, I, I want to know too, uh, this is kind of a question for you guys to think about too. Uh, so we see at one point, all the different, not all, but a, a handful of the different Loki variants that have arisen mm-hmm. and the whole point of the TVA is to protect the prime timeline correct and the tva Mm -hmm. is outside of time in the null time zone well these are different forms of loki from different universes i guess for the multiverse but are they all does the tva take care of all the multiverses prime timelines or is there a prime timeline in a prime universe and I was just very confused as to like where these other Lokis came from if they aren't part of this prime timeline that the TVA is supposedly trying to keep on track. And like if you mess up, if there's a time variant in a different multiverse, does that really affect our multiverse? Like we're getting we're getting a little <laughs> too much information all at once. <laughs> too yeah. much going deep. And he didn't seem surprised, right? No. Like when they were showing it, like he made a face like, at like the Hulk one. Cool, yeah, but... that. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't seem like like that. That's interesting to me. Like he's like, yeah, these that, these are me. So so what? 
I was getting the impression um, that what the TBA is doing is making it to where there's not a multiverse. And so all of these are potential versions of Loki that could have existed if there was one, but they didn't fit into the Timekeeper's sacred timeline, the one that they decided was the right one. That's just what I think right now. I, <laughs> I could be completely wrong about that. I mean, it makes <laughs> That's sense. That's just how I was <laughs> interpreting it. Yeah. They, they mean, said that they were, like, basically still working on it. Um, mm. Whenever Mobius is explaining, uh, like, halfway through the episode what the TBA's ultimate mission is, he basically says that the timekeepers are still working on creating the sacred timeline. They're still, like, untangling the multiverse and turning mm. it into one thing. And so whenever they're finished, the TBA is supposed to be done. Mm. Which so. almost seems a little sinister. If you think about it, like if if they're wiping out all these other universes because a lizard in space said, no, this universe is the good one. So I don't know. I mean, I guess we don't really know, you know, in the comics, they're not really good. They're not really bad. They're just lizards. whatever. Yeah. So like they're just lizards. I do want to say that they this episode really drives the uh, the timekeepers like faces and statues and like it's all over this episode like it's con every time you're in an office there's the three behind people in the office when they're going down the elevator like the camera makes sure to stop and pause on the giant statues of the timekeepers later they come up on like a piece of paper there's like a little symbol with the timekeepers and it like slows down as it goes over that and I was like yeah we okay I get it there's three timekeepers like what are you trying to show me show that you haven't They're already explained to watching. me <laughs> like we we know that that's Pretty where much. loki wants to be is he wants to have this audience with the timekeepers but i just feel like they really shoved it in my face and it made me second guess this whole episode like was i missing something did i not understand something that was happening in the background yeah i don't know that's hard to say the things that i was focused on is just the the level of detail like you get so much more detail so if that continues it just be a it'd just be a silly thing i think um i could see them doing that each episode up to the point where assuming the very the finale mm -hmm. will see them that's what i you know that's what i'm guessing is that's what it's going to lead up to but although i don't even know that it'll take that long uh -huh. because we can kind of get into yeah. it but i did not know that they were going to show us the variant loki in episode two. Yeah. It's like so the whole time, the yeah. whole, you know, he keeps running into people that are being mind controlled. And so I was like, <laughs> this is what we're going to get. We're just going to get these like mind controlled people. And then maybe at the end, we'll see the hooded figure as they disappear. But nope, the, they were just like, mm -hmm. boom, here we go. Here she is. Yeah. Well, even like the, if we start at the beginning of the intro, the intro is really fun, but you get the, you get the, you know, the visuals of the magic and they emphasize on the green. So you kind of know like, okay, this, this mm -hmm. is Loki in some form. So they kind of set that up at the very beginning. But do we think it's Loki? Because when you don't think it's Loki, when she pulls the, when, when she pulled the hood off, the first thing I thought was like, Oh, it's the enchantress. Really? 
Like, look up a picture of the Enchantress, and it looks like the Enchantress. Like, yes, the horns were golden, and I'm pretty sure the, Enchan- the Enchantress has green. But she still has, like, a small little headband with little horns on it. So, I, ju- I just feel like maybe they miss... Maybe they thought it was, like, a female version of Loki, but then we're going to find out that it was the Enchantress. But I know there is a Lady Loki... Mm-hmm. So I, I, eh. I did some a small amount of, of research on the Enchantress because it's not a character that I'm super familiar with. But what I think that they've done here is uh, one of the versions of the Enchantress, because there's two. There's um, Amora and there's a younger one named uh, Sylvie. Uh, Sylvie was given her powers by Loki. Hmm. And so I think the reason why they're picking up on her being connected to him is because that's where she gets her abilities. And so they're picking up like some kind of like power signature or something that is, you know, it is Loki's, Mm -hmm. but that she isn't actually him. Um, And I don't I'm not all that familiar with Lady Loki. Um, I think that there's only one thing that I've read that she's popped up in and that's vote Loki. And that's literally just for a scene uh, where the main character has stopped by his uh, campaign office to see him and he's uh, a woman and she's like, what are you doing? And he says, I thought you might be more comfortable if I was a lady this time since I did break into your house as a man yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) And so she's like, fine, you do whatever. (laughs) Um, But Lady Loki always looks more like Loki. Like, she's got dark hair and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that this is the Enchantress. And because he even says, like, I wouldn't be this mean to me (laughs) if this was myself. I would never treat myself this way. So, I think it's her. And going back to something we said last week, I think that the one who gave her her powers is Old Man Loki. Oh. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I like that. I see. I thought it was Lady Loki and then or uh, I thought it was the Enchantress. And then going back, I know at one point, um, I think it's the Hunter. Craven, whatever. I no, no, I can't remember what the Hunter's name is that like is walking with Loki the whole time. She like doesn't believe Loki. I don't remember her number. B something. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But I, I think she calls him Scourge or a Scourge. And like, as we all know, Scourge is the, the guy with the machine guns from mm-hmm. Ragnarok. And in the comics and in, I don't know if anyone played any of the uh, Marvel, the old Marvel video games, but there's like a whole storyline where Scourge is kind of like the muscle for the Enchantress. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, maybe that was like a little hint clue calling him Scourge. We're going to find out that it's the Enchantress, not Loki. But this is also like, you know, this is just mm-hmm. a theory. So who knows? They could easily just be like, no, it's Lady Loki. What are you guys yeah. talking about? <laughs> but I I think it would be a fun way to go, especially with it being something like, oh, Loki gave her her powers. And that's why they think it's a female version of Loki. But really, it's not. I think that would be really cool. Um, I also have a mini theory to go along with that. Uh, And I kind of brought it up earlier with 
like who are the people that work for the TVA because she seems to have a very good understanding of how all of their mm, tech works. Yeah. From not only just stealing and setting the time bombs, but also swiping one of their little like door opener, whatever armband things. And she knows how to a set it up so that she can escape, but B also set it up so that it makes tiny little doors under all of these bombs to different timelines. Like that seems like a very specific knowledge of how all this stuff works. So I kind of think that maybe she used to work for the TVA. Maybe she was a hunter or maybe she was a TVA agent and realized that like, yo, this is Mm -hmm. whack and I'm going to fix this problem. And then they're just calling her a variant, but really she's just like a rogue agent. Could be. I could see that. That's like their unique spin on Lady Loki. You know, she worked for their Mm -hmm. old man Loki or even Loki at some, I don't know. I guess, yeah, it could be old man Loki. Yeah. They just partner up because the, yeah, I could see that. That would make sense. Giving, giving her abilities and then she can change her look appearance. That's what I saw earlier today when I was looking is a lot of people are expecting, you know, we'll probably get a story backstory with this character and then maybe we'll see a mm-hmm. new look. So it looks more like dark hair. Um, possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I paid more attention between uh, Loki and uh, Mophius, right? Mobius? Mobius. Mobius. Why don't I say Mobius? Mobius, yeah. Mobius. (laughs) Names. Ah, These names are so crazy. Loki's going to backstab him. I'm pretty sure. I think... I mean, he pretty much already already tried. tried. I think he wants to so bad. And uh, (laughs) it's either going to be the cat and mouse game through the whole thing or... It's going to be one of those, like, it's going to be set up and we'll have to, like, rewatch it over and over to kind of, like, see how he did it, you know? <laughs> but do we think it's going to be, like, just another, I don't want to say a Loki rerun, but a Loki rerun where it's, like, this whole show, we're going to be, like, do the right thing, do the right thing, but he's going to keep doing the wrong thing, and at the very end, he's going to do the right thing. And it's, like, I don't know, that just seems too, like, yeah, yeah, we expect that. I want something different and I'm enjoying the show so far, but I am starting to see that trend of like, okay, well he already tried to backstab them. Now he's gone through this portal and like, are we supposed to think he did it because like he's got a plan of how to stop the variant or is it because like, Hey, I could work with this variant and it's like, great. Here he goes making the wrong choice again. Maybe old man Loki is like a future version of our Loki like this one who did betray Mobius and Mm. our current Loki has a chance to make that not happen. And also if it, if old man Loki is this future Loki, then maybe he taught the enchantress about the TVA. Yeah. Yeah. Loki's learning all this stuff from his minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and that's like the ultimate thing, right? Like the, this show could end with, either Lady Loki or the Enchantress just being a shape-shifted Loki. Oh, yeah. Very well. And so, I mean, it could just be like a double gotcha. He's learning fast, too. But mm-hmm. Jokingly, he's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, yeah, I've, I've read some of it. But, yeah, no, he's... 
he's going to learn everything as fast as he can. <laughs> well, and we don't, now that they have the null time zone, it's like, well, what is time anymore? Like, we don't know how long he's been there. He could have been there for a year oh, yeah. already. Like, and it, it doesn't matter because time works differently there. So <laughs> the other thing I wanted to talk about was, um, so we did have a fun little Easter egg with uh, Ravona. Mm-hmm. Um, when, well, I'll rewind a little bit before I get to the Easter egg, but um I'm kind of thinking, like, are they trying to make Ravona and Mobius, like, a love interest? Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy them. Um, so I really hope that that is kind of where that's going, because I think they would be, like, a funny, like, time couple. Um, so we'll make, like, Amazon and ship it. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But the Easter egg was... Her, when Ravona grabs her Mm -hmm. stick, her time stick or whatever, when she's like, oh man, I got to go help while the timelines are exploding. She grabs her stick and you see her helmet and her helmet is A23. Uh, Avengers 23 was the first time that she was in a comic. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was like her first appearance. So I was like, hey, I just saw that (laughs) last week when I looked her up. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I think that was my, that was probably my favorite of the, little Easter eggs that they threw in there this, this week for sure. Just because I just looked it up. We also got the Revengers. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's so cute. <laughs> I all am. The, a... Oh, go, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say all of the like background and Easter egg stuff that I was writing down was about all of the uh, natural disasters and all of the um, like dates that they show uh, at the end with the, um, I know they're not called time bombs, but that's what I call them, are all going off and all the branches and where they're happening. I was trying to see if like any of those were important for any reason. And it turns out, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time being like, well, maybe this one. No. <laughs> one of them was gives. Elizabeth Olsen's birthday. But other than that, it doesn't really seem like they're supposed to be a thing. And that could that could be all it is, right? It could just be bunch of birthdays i didn't even see very many of those oh, i saw wow. <laughs> i just saw hers which is also christopher eccleston's uh who played um uh, golly what's the main dark elf in uh the dark world malekith yeah yeah Malekith. his birthday too mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i was thinking that it would be like important days or important times in history and really nah it's not mm-hmm. Well, that's what I feel like all the all the paperwork and stuff that they show on screen for like long enough for you to think, hey, I could pause this and read it. I feel like all of that is it's like misdirection. They're trying to make us think we're going to miss something. So we're going to pay super attention. And then really, it's going to be like someone walking in the background is going to be a major character that we're like, oh, dang, I missed I missed future Thor walking behind him because I was staring at all the papers on the floor. Oh, dang it. (laughs) Yeah, like what's what ah Nessie's what's the end goal for making this multiverse? You know, I keep leaning towards is it going after when for specific villains? Is it to get so many villains together at once? You know? Mm-hmm. Like to is this leading up to defeat someone specific? Um 
my originally original theory on Marvel arcing into the multiverse was so that they could kind of refresh the talent pool mm-hmm. for the Marvel movies because I know a lot of people's contracts are up and they're not re-signing and so they're like, ah, well, we'll just make a multiverse and then it's like, well, now we have Captain America from Earth 37 so it doesn't matter who we get anymore. Now we can just kind of shove people in and be like, they're from the multiverse, it's fine. But then kind of seeing where everything is going it's like i don't know i don't think that that is what they're doing i think they are i think if anything the like next avengers will be like young avengers Mm -hmm. or new avengers or it'll be the newer generation as opposed to just recasting the same old characters sure Sure. well the reason why i and I'm sure I'll be disproven next week. The reason why I was thinking that she was going in and doing all these time bombs to essentially create a multiverse um, is because when Mobius was describing the TVA's end goal, you know, uh, order and peace, and even Loki's like, ugh, like <laughs> no chaos, that's terrible. And so generously, I could say she's attempting to restore free will to people. But it could also be that she and the other Lokis just don't want to be bored and they don't want to be eliminated. And so creating a multiverse is like the apex of creating chaos. <laughs> yeah, I, but I almost feel like this, the, it almost seems like the end of episode two could have been the end of season one. Like the her making all of these mm-hmm. time variant situations all like immediately it made me a little nervous only because i was like oh great now every week is going to be him going to a different timeline to fix it and then coming back and then going to another timeline to fix it and then we're going to get like a x-files vibe where it's like there is an overarching story but you're really only going to get like maybe two minutes of real story every episode and the rest of the episode is just going to be like them fixing the 70s, fixing the 80s, fixing the 90s. Now we're just, we may as well be watching the beginning of WandaVision mm-hmm. again. So I, I hope that's not what happens. And I hope that it's more like now that Loki is with Enchantress slash Lady Loki, maybe we just like won't care about that. And like, that's the TVA's job to fix that. So we don't need to worry about it. And it's more like, what is Loki's next step? <laughs> yeah, I... I don't know. And I feel like they have this whole thing with uh, Mobius and his... his, like, love of the 90s stuff. <laughs> he had another... Yeah, he's talking about jet skis for so long. Like, he's had another Josta Soda. I'm trying to think of like his film library to see if like there's just it's just if it's just some kind of nod to something he's done. Everything that I could see was like it seemed like people. <laughs> it seemed like people grasping at straws, uh, as far as like the jet ski referencing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of people were like, oh, on the Punisher cover, he's riding a jet ski. I was like, 
I mean, yeah, sure, jet skis show up in comic books. That doesn't mean that this was a reference to every mention of a jet ski in a comic book. I think it was just just like the Josta Soda thing. I think it was literally, they were just like, oh, hey, Owen, what was your favorite thing about the 90s? And he was like, Josta Soda, jet skis. And they were like, all right, cool. You're, you're going to love jet skis in the show. And it's like... We're gonna. Like, I'm wondering if we're gonna get like an "I Love the '90s" reference somewhere, like that, like that specific show brand, you know? Oh yeah, I hope so. And they have, uh, whatever Bonaducci, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, Danny Bonaducci. Maybe he'll make a oh guest appearance in the background. Uh, Mobius's love of the '90s kind of ties into my crazy uh, theory that I was telling you guys about. I'm ready for it. Okay. <laughs> Again, this is only a theory, and it is almost certainly not true, but it was something I was thinking about. So Mobius loves 90s stuff, and all of the people who work at the TVA maintain that they were created by the timekeepers. Um, Andrew, earlier you were saying that maybe some of the people who worked there were variants who'd like essentially started to help and hang around. Um, what if they are variants or maybe people who are being killed in these four million apocalypses they're having every two seconds on the timeline and they're being removed from the timeline and totally wiped like they have absolutely no recollection of their former lives but maybe some kind of internal connection like maybe mobius was a 90s dude and he sat around and he drank his energy drinks and rode his jet ski to his heart's content like they <laughs> twice in this episode they talk about how the tva people don't have any fun and earlier we were saying that what the timekeepers are doing might be read as somewhat sinister if they've done their own people dirty like that then maybe what the show is about is liberating the tva from the timekeepers that was my crazy theory i i like it i like it I, I like it. I think that this show has so many chances for theories that, like, I'm here for it. And we are going to be the first ones to get a theory and get it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we're wrong, then trademark it so that they can use it in the next show or the next season. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think the only other thing that I kind of wanted to touch on for this episode, um, I mean, that you, I feel like you could talk about this episode for hours. There's so much going on. But uh, I just wanted to bring up Roxanne mm -hmm. um, and its role in the Marvel Universe. It is essentially Marvel's big, bad, evil corporation um, that, you know... It, you know, it's a comic book, so they also have ties to like Hydra mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But uh, it was it was kind of interesting that it was like a storm shelter um, was like where they went to protect people. But it's like this evil corporation. So I didn't know if that was like a just a nod to Marvel. Like, here's a corporation in Marvel. Like they could have been like, oh, this is the Rand hurricane bunker mm -hmm. or something you know I don't, I don't know if it was something like that or if like maybe roxon is going to play a role soon and we'll get like a serpent squad reference or something like yeah i don't know i thought that was kind of cool <laughs> i 
<laughs> well, that's the, I mean, I don't think that we can say that because we live in Arkansas. <laughs> um, so I can't be like, ah, oh, that's, yeah, that's, well, that's, uh, you know, Marvel's Walmart is Roxxon. Um, but I, I think that with more sinister ties, that's what they wanted it to be. It is like a mega corporation that yeah. takes over your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So buying yeah. all the small towns. I think if <laughs> this is one, if we see it again, I think that's going to be a stronger nod that, all right, we're going to see a lot more of this in like a future film or something like it's leading up to mm -hmm. like, you know, they're going to, this could be, you know, it's a big, bad corporation. So it's going to be a lot of people, a lot of moving parts. So, um, right. Be curious if they do a series around that or a film. I mean, I hope so. Maybe that, maybe that will be the lead into bringing in a new iron mm -hmm. fist with Rand corporation maybe having to deal with rocks on stuff. I don't know. I think that that would be cool. I didn't have a huge problem with the iron fist show on Marvel. It wasn't yeah. great, but I would like an actual iron fist. So I'm sure it's on there. Well, one thing that kind of confused me in this episode was their classification system for apocalypses. <laughs> they listed yeah, yeah. Ragnarok as being a seven, but Rockstar was a 10. Yeah. Like, is this in like magnitude or is it like something else? Like if it's very specifically in a coastal Walmart, is mm. that a seven? Well, yeah, it was weird because you said like natural disasters, but then I was like, well, was CERT really a natural disaster? You natural just, disasters like, are just the ones where they could hide because they happen so suddenly. Oh, okay. Okay. I see. I got confused when he said that. I was like, "But Ragnarok wasn't a natural disaster. It was a guy destroyed Asgard." Yeah. yeah. And they were they were only looking at ones that happened in like the Kablooey era, where they mm -hmm. sold that kind of gum. Mm -hmm. And why why are there so many of these things happening within the span of that few years? Even like Mobius brings that up. Is something like causing all of these cataclysms, or is it just like a, oh global warming, we're all gonna die kind of thing? I think if they're really leaning into the rocks on rocks cart like mega corporation maybe that's how that plays into it like maybe this was a tease of 20 what was it 2050 2050 yeah 2050 yeah, yeah. um maybe that's like a oh rocks on is you know pumping a bunch of whatever co2 in the air and they're causing all this these global changes by being this like evil corporation but they're faux caring about people. They're using all of these natural disasters to bring people in to be like, oh my God, Roxanne saved us. So, I mean, maybe that's what that is. And that's just like a future storyline that they're kind of hinting at hmm. or like pre-teasing. And maybe we'll get that in whatever phase nine or something of the MCU. Uh, did y'all look at the little uh, sheet? about uh the rocks card apocalypse mm -mm. it said that there were 10,835 dead and zero survivors in this storm and wow. i was like gosh is that even possible and it turns out yeah because it really closely parallels the galveston hurricane of 1900 that hmm. uh, galveston texas was this like huge industrial center like 
all this business was happening there. And then a hurricane came through and they still don't know exactly how many people died in it. It was somewhere between 6,000 and 12,000. Wow, that's quite the uh, margin of error. Uh, well, it was 1900. They don't have yeah, great. That's true. <laughs> but fun historical side note, all of that business that was going to be happening in Galveston over the next few months and years moved to Houston. And so Houston became this huge metropolitan area and Galveston never recovered. That's crazy. Yeah. But it is it is cool that they are they are pulling from real events. I mean, I know we we went to Pompeii. We got to see that happen in this episode. That's my favorite but, uh, part in this episode. <laughs> he was so excited to see that volcano go off. <laughs> I I like that they're kind of tying parts of history that we can relate to, as opposed to just parts of history that a comic book fan would be able to relate to. Mm-hmm. So I think that's cool. I think the show definitely has. A ways to go um but in a good way i think we're there's a lot to look forward to with this loki show um so i guess we will kind of wrap it up here are there any last minute notes you guys wanted to talk about for this episode well, let's see i got a couple a couple of like standout moments um you get another scene where you definitely see an emotional side of loki I like really honed in on that, you know, just trying to figure out just him as a character, you know, um, clearly he's missing home and maybe it's just the fact that he's stuck here and he can't get out. Maybe that's just kind of like, you know, reading about Asgard was just brought up all these emotions. Um, so, you know, really shows like he's not all that bad. (laughs) Um, I'm really curious on Ravona though really trying to figure out what they're going to do with her character because it seems at the end it's like what's the you know really what is the motive for her character like are we going to see a tie to kang like is she going after lady loki because ravona's got her own plans lady loki or empress or whoever this person is is kind of messing all of that up so is she going to help because of that or is she gonna is she really just tied with um with everyone else and just you know there won't be this evil side to her where are they Mm. gonna go with that that's what i'm curious on i think by the end she is going to either go back to her home world or go join up with Mm -hmm. kang or have some interaction with kang and that is going to leave her seat open for mobius to take his his place as the time judge. I think that's, they just are trying too hard to shove them together that it's like, okay, well, one of them is going to die before the show is over or disappear or become evil or not be a part of this anymore. But I just feel like they're trying too hard. Like every time we see them together, they have to flirt and make all these quippy marks to each other. And it's like, oh, clearly they like worked here together for a long time. And like maybe they rose up through the ranks together mm-hmm. and she just beat him out for this seat. And all right, so she's going to go and he's going to take the seat. That's that's what I think, at least. I don't think she knows where she's from. I think she's like everybody else and just thinks she was created by the timekeepers. I mean, it could be that it turns Good. out she's really like the princess of that world that we talked about last week. Um, and then when she discovers that she wants to try to find her home. 
Um, but I think right now, like her motivation for going after uh, Loki and Lady Loki slash the Enchantress is just that she's a true believer. She's doing what she can for the TVA. Just like Mobius said, the TVA is his life. It's her life too. Um, but going back to what you said before, Luke, about uh, the emotional scene, um, he did a thing where his eyes fill up with tears, but he doesn't actually cry anything. Um, and it's so weird because in the scene right after that, uh, he mentions that he was reading about Ragnarok and Mobius is like, yeah, the destruction of your home. I'm so sorry. And he goes, yeah, it's very sad. Anyway, and so... I realized that he's kind of, like I said last week, putting on a front for Mobius. So he looks like he's tough. Mm -hmm. He's got to be such a compartmentalizer whenever he's got all of this like pain and like separation from everything that he's always known only to turn around and be able to do something totally different with Mobius. And in fact, be so enthusiastic about it. He's so excited that he thinks he's cracked the uh, case of how to find the other him, that he's just like overcome. (laughs) He can't wait. So maybe he just has the actual emotional uh, depth of, you know, a caterpillar. And so he can just switch between those two, no problem, because it's just gone immediately. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that was it. Anyway, this really exciting, fun thing is happening, too. So, I don't know. I think he's trained himself over time to be able to put all that stuff aside so he can focus on his mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, really quick, speaking about, like, world altering events it's weird that we didn't see the snap come up at all and like i don't know if that's because the avengers go back in time and mm-hmm. stop thanos before he snaps and blah 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 but like you'd think that that would be a i mean half of the universe disappeared in a, a half a second like why isn't that a apocalypse situation Mm -hmm. or even if it was just on a piece of paper underneath the stack and you could be like oh the the blip or the snap or whatever they wanted to call it and be like oh okay i yeah that is i feel like that's the apocalypse situation Hmm. but i don't know that's just me wanting more references (laughs) i had one more thing that i'd written down and i have no answers about it it's just something for us to keep our eyes on Um, at the very end of the episode, whenever they're in the rocks cart store, um, I had the closed captions turned on the second time I watched this because I wanted to make sure I was catching everything. And also because I was really hoping that they would have, uh, some of, uh, Lady Loki or the Enchantress's lines attributed to either Lady Loki or the Enchantress. So we know who it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a recording that's playing that says, what do you want from me? What is this about? And it is labeled in the captions as being a recording of Loki. And I thought, well, maybe that's from the first episode and I just didn't catch it the first time. So I went back and I turned that on. I kind of went through the bits where he's talking and he doesn't. So it's something that he's going to say Hmm. in the future. And so I'm wondering what the situation is, how she has that, why there's a recording, what's going on. That's interesting. I noticed that too. And I was, I just kind of pushed it aside as like, ah, oh, that must've been a line from the first episode or a line from the movie that I just don't remember. And that I didn't really think that much about it, but now that you say it, I mean, yeah, I, that would be cool if it was like a, because I mean, she's, she can teleport wherever she wants in time, basically yeah. it seems. So 
yeah, she could have gone to the future. And, like, we don't really know how this time authority works. Like, if they do stuff now, but you're in the future, could you potentially run into them in the future and then go back into the past and know that you're going to run into them in the future? Like... So they're gonna they're gonna back to the future it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's gonna hold up a picture of the two of them, and she's gonna fade away. <laughs> now we need a Back to the Future reference. Well, I just Doc, I'm we sure need, we'll we get one. Doc Brown reference or something. I don't know. Mobius is gonna drive a car at exactly 88 yeah. miles an hour. His jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. For, well, we'll get a jet ski scene. I feel it. I oh, yeah. we have to. It we absolutely they couldn't have talked about it for yeah. more in this episode. <laughs> there has to be a jet ski scene. It's on six. <laughs> Maybe that's what he was talking about. That's Tom Hiddleston's favorite part of the show is at the end of episode four, they're gonna co-ride a jet ski into the beginning of episode five. Oh gosh. Yes, please. I want that scene. <laughs> Well, be sure to join us next week where we get to talk about episode three and kind of dive in deeper. This rabbit hole is just sucking us in and not letting us out. So be sure to listen next week. Thank you for listening this week. Don't forget to follow us on social. We're doing really good. Posting stuff, (laughs) being interactive. Make sure to leave us questions. If you have questions, we'll be sure to answer those. And uh, maybe if we get enough questions... We'll do like a little bonus part after each episode where we answer some people's questions and get some shout outs. So I would love that. So ask <laughs> questions, everyone. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Later. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.